What is up, Mountaineer Media Podcast fans? Before we get to this week's episode, we've got some breaking news. And that breaking news is basically that we designed a shirt. But it's a really cool line. So we're dropping the Meet Me in the Blue line. And what's that? Well, basically, it's a Salty Dog Cafe vibe meets Morgantown scenery. So on the back of these shirts, you've got cornhole boards, some classic tailgating tents, a stadium that looks pretty similar to the Coliseum, and then a nice sunshine, some clouds and then it says meet me in the blue lot in some pretty cool writing so that's on the back of the shirt on the front nice clean right on the left side of your chest it's got meet me in the blue lot and we've got them in long sleeve we've got short sleeve we've got a women's v-neck and a classic retro front pocket t-shirt so they're available at mountaineermedia.org which of course is our website so if you go to mountaineermedia.org you can snag one of these shirt They range in price from $32 to $38 for the long sleeve, and you pay via PayPal. If you don't have an account, you can just set one up. I believe you can do a guest pay and enter a debit card or a credit card information. But this shirt is available right now on our website, Meet Me in the Blue Lot, perfect for tailgating season. We want to see you out there in the blue lot itself. Uh, Take pictures, send it to us. But we think it's a great, great shirt, and it's really high-quality, comfortable clothing. So go over to mountaineermedia.org and go to the shop tab and grab yourself a Meet Me in the Blue Lot shirt. Now, let's get to this week's episode. College athletics was turned upside down when the NCAA announced that student-athletes can make money off their name, image, and likeness, also known as NIL, a term you've probably heard. And immediately after the decision, we saw athletic departments partnering with companies to help make the process as easy as possible for athletes to connect with sponsors. And WVU quickly teamed up with the group VPO, who's owned and operated by three former Mountaineer football players. Yeah, how cool is that? Grant Wiley, Najee Good, and Jonathan Oliger all operate VPO, and they're hoping to help student-athletes at West Virginia cash in. But as we discuss in this episode, that's just the tip of the iceberg, because it could be the entire state of West Virginia who benefits from the NIL decision. So a lot of deep thinking here, a lot of big ideas get thrown around. This is one that you're going to enjoy. Not only that, of course, we've got to talk a little Mountaineer football with these guys as well, right? You got three former players. You can't pass up the opportunity to talk about their time in Morgantown. So we touch on their collegiate careers as well. A lot of cool history these guys share with us in this episode. So we know that you're going to enjoy this one. So kick back, relax, and check out this latest edition of the Mountaineer Media Podcast. And as always, Mace, hit the music. shine in West Virginia, but the people always do. All right, everybody, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcasts. 
CJ here, Cooper, as always with me. Cooper, what's up? Good morning. Good morning, folks. Good morning. And if you are a Mountaineer football fan, this is the episode for you. We've got uh, some of the great names at West Virginia football with us today. We're going to be talking a little past, present, future with these guys. A lot going on. Jonathan Oliger, who was a kicker back in the late 80s for 2000 until 2000. Grant Wiley. What? What? Late what 80s. Are you laughing about? No, late 90s. Did I say 80s there? No. You were a kicker for 12 years at West Virginia. Um, Jonathan is 73. <laughs> no. Well, I look good for 73. Great way, to, great way to kick this one off. And then uh, we got uh, Grant Wiley, who played in the early 2000s. Um, and then we're waiting on Najee Good, who played in, in the late, uh, like two th- early 2010s. I think he finished in 2012. So yeah, um, Najee played for three coaches. So oh. okay, so he played. So he played for Rich, Rich, Bill, Stu, and, and then Dana. Yeah. Gosh, that's crazy. I, I wasn't sure if he played for Rich or not. So all right, that's very cool. All three of you, though. I mean, that's like three. Well, that's a lot. That's three very different eras of Mountaineer football. Yeah, four right generations. Yeah, really. I mean, it it's, is. It's very, very cool. So we've got some questions for you guys individually, and then we've got some big group questions for you guys because you have joined forces and are working together with VPO. And so let me kind of get this straight because we'll, we'll, we'll have an intro before we you know get to the actual interview here when we edit this podcast together. And so VPO is, is a company, a group that you guys started that – helps sell name image and likeness right for for players you guys have been working in the professional realm but now that college athletes can start selling their name image and likeness you guys are kind of diving into that you guys recently partnered with west virginia university so okay that's that's uh, that's where my professional knowledge of all this kind of comes to an end pick up what exactly (laughs) is vpo what do you guys do how does this all operate and how are you guys helping kind of reshape the future of college athletics and really just athletics in general. Sure. Do you want to take it, Grant, or you want me to start? You just kick it off. Okay. So VPO is a comp content optimization platform. And what we mean by that is we've all kind of figured out how we consume content in mobile apps, right? You, you consume in a feed, right? It's always the same, whether it's a video, a podcast, or a photo. Mm-hmm. And so what our technology does is it integrates with those mobile apps. So you can click on objects within video or photo or video podcast, and you can donate directly to a player's favorite charity. You can buy a t-shirt. You could watch his YouTube video or his TikTok channel or hers. Um, So it's really cool. And what's cool about that is while you're consuming all that content in one place, you're always on the same app. So from the publisher's perspective, you never leave the platform. And that's really the tricky thing about the internet, right? Because there's so many web pages, there's so many mobile apps, you're going everywhere, right? Yeah. But to deliver the entire internet inside of an object, you know, photo or video is really, really cool. Um, so it, it unlocks all sorts of things like d- data and, and things that you can do to, to ultimately pay the player. So we're super excited and working on it for five years. Like you said, we started in the NFL uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles. And kind of we've been watching how this is going and just waiting for the law to change in West Virginia, mm-hmm. knowing that like nobody would really know what to do on the player side. And we could come back and, and hopefully let them learn from all the million mistakes that we made. <laughs> so at the very wow, least, yeah. we can teach them not to step in those same potholes. Yeah. Uh, and if we get lucky, maybe we can teach them something they didn't know. 
so that that is that is super crazy so let me, let me get this straight because i agree with you like because we're we're obviously on the internet who's not on the internet but like specifically with mountaineer media you know we're we're storytelling or entertaining on the internet with west virginia stories and it is true that every social media site every online community essentially uh, cj i've used this analogy before it's like an amusement park and each site wants to keep you inside of their amusement park right it's like difficult to leave facebook now to like mm-hmm. shop because they're trying to keep in the facebook shop and twitter and instagram if you open an article it keeps it within instagram it doesn't actually go to your website so what you're saying is like your platform is so me as a fan what i I would view a piece of content but then looking at it i could do a multitude of different interactive i could shop or i could learn more about something by clicking on i think i saw on the website like the person's shoe or uh, even just a logo in the corner and and that keeps me within that and i could do all these different things inside Mm -hmm. of that same one page Anything that's online, you can do inside of a photo or a video. Wow, that's, so you that's literally sweet. never leave. And the, the interesting thing about football, what got Grant and I, and as you so excited, is we started looking around and we're like, you know what? This might sound obvious, but there's a hundred football players and they all have something covering their face. So you have no <laughs> idea who they are. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so to go search their number or look up all their different handles and all the different platforms, it's like not that convenient. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. Especially if they're if they're wearing the blackout. Uh, they're wearing the blackout shade too. Exactly. (laughs) I remember. I think it was. I think it was the thirty for thirty for the U. And I forget who the player was, but he was like, "Yeah, like all the basketball players, everybody gets to see their face. So why don't when I score a touchdown, why wouldn't I take my helmet off? I want to I want the world to see who I am. You know. No, Michael Michael Irvin was notorious for that. Yeah. Yeah. Probably was Irvin. So. And then, of course, they penalize that. But uh, so but it's very cool. So you guys are also connecting uh, potential sponsors with these guys, right? You guys are kind of the middleman there. Exactly. So for for us being in New York City for the last five years, you know, Grant has a Grant's been around the state of West Virginia a lot more than I have. So he he, he and I have been coming back and he's been he and I have been hitting the ground running. We're trying to meet everybody, just rekindle all the old relationships we have, kind of map out the territory. Who are the local sponsors? Who are the regional sponsors? And then ultimately, who are the national sponsors that really want to come in and sponsor the women's basketball team or the women's gymnastics team or the wireful team? And we, we're really here to help everybody. Obviously, we have a strong background in football, but um, we, it's all for, we, are, we represent all 450 student athletes, and we're excited by that because that truly is a revolutionary thing. Yeah, I think right now, too, because it's so new, there's just a lot to learn uh, how the system currently works, um, how, how communication needs to go and, and figure out, figure out all this information and then create a pipeline yeah, uh, and create the proper protocols and then phasing in our technology uh, to figure out how it's going to best serve the athletes and, and the sponsors. Yeah. Grant, you're rocking the Tudor's Biscuit World shirt today, too. You said that that's yeah. like one of the opportunities <laughs> that you guys were just working with, right? The guy. Yeah. That- shout out to Joe Horvath and Tudor's Tudor's Biscuit uh, Biscuits. You should check it out if you like biscuits <laughs> and you like egg sandwiches and whatever else they if have. If you're a West Virginian, you're like born. That's like your first yeah, meal. You, yeah. you don't even need the promotion. You just know. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so as I, I was saying briefly earlier, uh, Joe was very generous to Quincy and Quincy Wilson and I, who everybody knows. Uh, when Chris Henry passed away, Joe came through and donated a bunch of Tudor's Biscuits uh, to our West Virginia football legends camp that we ran. And then we had a, a celebrity basketball game with a bunch of former players 
uh, Pat McAfee MC that, that may have been one of his first first unpaid gigs because uh, <laughs> he was he was still early on in his NFL career, but he did a great job and, and we raised a, a good bit of money for his kids. And now uh, his kids are growing up and um, it's it's fun to see the family doing well. I was able to see them last week. But yeah, Joe's been really good. We had a fun 20 minute shoot uh, with Zach Frazier and we look forward to doing more yeah. uh, with tutors. What's going on, my fellow Mountaineers? This is Cooper here with the Mountaineer Roasting Coffee Break. You know the drill. Go to MountaineerRoasting.com and use code MEDIA, M-E-D-I-A, 15, MEDIA15, and that saves you 15% when you place an online order, and you can have West Virginia roasted coffee beans shipped right to your house. Rusty and the crew up there are incredible entrepreneurs. They care about coffee. They care about community. They care about their people. They care about the state. And we're honored to have them as partners here at the podcast. Uh, but look, they're just trying to put good coffee in your cup. So go to the website, mountaineerroasting.com. You can select whole beans. You can get it already ground up. It's super fresh. You can smell the coffee through the box. That's how fresh it is. And it gets delivered right to your door. Stop buying big box coffee at a local grocery store when you can support a West Virginia small business like Mountaineer Roasting. So go to mountaineerroasting.com, use code MEDIA15, save you 15% off, and uh, the more the merrier. So thank you guys so much. Let's get right back to the episode. So now that the the college football season is kind of picking up, are, are you guys kind of ready? You know, what what is VPO's role now that the season starts? Are you guys still actively looking for promotions? And you know, what, what's how how does how do things change now that the season has kind of started? Yeah, I think I think it's going to be interesting because this is brand new, and right. some emerging stars are going to come out. Maybe week one, maybe week two. Yeah. It's just going to be okay. We're prepared. Uh, but now it's really, and even with the women's soccer team, like they're 13th in the country. Right. Uh, Jordan Brewster was just recently defensive player of the week. She's the, the uh, defensive player of the year last year. Yep. So there's more than just, you know, football season starting women's soccer, uh, yep. you know, Kierce, you probably know how to pronounce her name properly. She just went to Indiana fever. Okay. Oh, uh, um, the women's the basketball. Kaiser-Gondrzak. Kaiser-Gondrzak. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. So what's exciting about what she's done is now she's, uh, it was just reported she's going to be the face of Adidas women's basketball, which is yeah. huge. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. wow. And then she's one of, she's one of the only women basketball players I know of to get a Wilson basketball deal, which is incredibly hard for anyone let alone a WNBA player, she's now got it. And so I think with her success and it's going to bring some more attention to the women's programs with the university. And that's a big goal of ours. Like Mm -hmm. Jonathan said, we want to make sure we're facilitating opportunities to everyone. And obviously football is a big revenue generator as well as men's basketball. Um, But it's, it's going to be exciting to see because if, you know, a, a women's player comes out and has four goals, you know, it's technically it's not pay for play, mm-hmm. but based on performance, people are going to become more attractive to wanting to work with certain athletes. So it's going to be fun to watch how uh, this kind of unfolds. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Najee, we got you here too, right? What's up, brother? 
what yeah. is up? Not too much, man. Not too Thank much. We got difficulties. The, yeah, all good, man. We got the whole gang here now. I love this. So, um, and Jonathan, one of the things we were kind of talking about off camera, um, the difficulties of now that you're working and you've partnered with WVU, you've got 450 athletes, right? You, you talk about working with uh, the Eagles, the Broncos, and the Jags. Well, they just cut their, you know, they just cut down to their 53-man roster. That's only 159 dudes you got to worry about. Now you've got 450 student athletes at West Virginia University. I mean, it is just, it's wild. It's different. Yeah, and they go to school. So, and they have these <laughs> the first time away from home in most cases, right? And so yeah. they're just getting to know their coaches. They've been through camp. They're meeting the rest of the students. And now the way the rules have shaken out, they're really responsible for running their own influencer marketing business, which is, you know, it's a difficult thing for the NFL guys to do, Yeah. Uh, right. let alone when you're 18. <laughs> and it comes with yeah. all sorts of different challenges. Uh, the first one really is, getting them to opt in to our program. So the way our deal works at the university, the student has to choose to opt in. They don't just get our service. And mm. so when you don't know anyone and it's their first you know, time away from home at school, getting on the schedule, getting to know them, letting them know that you're here and that you're ready to listen and help them. You know, a lot of athletes are from different places. So you're connecting with a, such a diverse group of people can be difficult for anybody, let alone, uh, you know, something that's been around for three weeks. Right. And it, to me, it seems like this was, I mean, I mean, no one could, have. I don't know, 20 years ago, very few people predicted the rise of social media, but it became, I think, obvious like five to six years ago that, you know, influencer money is real money. People are, you could see people on Instagram and whatnot, and, you know, running social media accounts, maybe they were famous for another reason, but they were using their voice and platform to monetize it in a way. It seemed like, okay, all these college kids that are legends and that they're famous and they're, you know, they have a following. It seemed almost like, and then the conversation, it was all, to me, that was almost separate of like, should we pay college athletes? I always thought of that through the lens of like the school, like issuing paychecks to college athletes, not necessarily like, like the kids allowing to like monetize themselves. Did it like, to you all, how much of this what has been like decades in the making versus to me, it seems like it just snapped up like the last year and a half. It's like, oh, shit. Like now it's like the Wild West. Things are going. Or was this stuff that you guys were when you were playing at school, like were I'm not going to put you on blast, like were people making money when they were, uh, you know, you know, in uniform at school way back in the day. But like were people thinking like, damn, like, man, look how like we're known everywhere. We should be making money. We should be doing deals. Was that conversations that people were having in the early 2000s? This, then? Was, this was is always going on because there's a collective joke um, that certain schools have always been paying players. Right. <laughs> and it's not a secret. No, it's for sure not. done in secret. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so we, we collectively had been talking about this since at least 2015, because we just saw, you know, the writing on the wall it was eventually right. NCAA continued to lose its, uh, trust and luster and um, with the O'Bannon case uh, that kind of kicked things off and now it's in full gear at a thousand miles an hour um, and, and social media go ahead Sean Olston shout out to Sean Olston another oh, right. near guy that right. is a huge part of getting this pushed through so just and 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 yes to answer your question in terms of of course we had teammates that came from very little Right. And then even when you get the at the time it was the Big East, you get the Big East check or you get the Pell Grant. Some of that money was going home to their families. Mm -hmm. 
And then they're stuck. Like there's a great story from Arian Foster, how he he's one of the top running back prospects in the country. And he could barely put a peanut butter and sandwich to get peanut butter and jelly sandwich together because he just didn't have the means. And then you're restricted from working. And then Jonathan, I, I think your example is, is telling too of when, when you were in college as a walk-on uh, just, mm-hmm. you should just tell the story. Yeah, it was interesting back back then, and I th- and I'm the oldest, so I think that'll be interesting. And dovetail into Najee, who really is one of the first generations of social media as a mountaineer. So uh, when I was walking, I had to work illegally at night in a bar oh, because shit. I wasn't on a scholarship yet, so I wasn't allowed to eat at the stadium according to the rules. Wow. Um, and even though I played as a freshman, it, it didn't matter. I was I was on the field on TV. You're right? starting. Of, you know, <laughs> yeah, starting. Um, and so I had to bartend three or four nights a week. Wow. Illegally till four in the morning. And so we're some of the checks that you know the guys are going to get paid for the, the services we're going to facilitate. You know, five hundred bucks. That would have probably changed my life. Hell yeah. Five thousand, ten thousand. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have had to work. I would be able to sleep eight hours a night rather than six. I still had to go to school. Um, and so I think one of the building blocks, at least for me, was that we first started and we said, OK, we don't know what the rule changes are going to be. Right. So we have mm-hmm. no idea. But but what, what's kind of like what's the base case? Like what if this one thing happened, would it be beneficial to every student athletes live? And, and we kind of thought like this. So I was on TV right when I started, just like everybody was. And then when I got done it would have been great if someone could have given me my data and maybe my video footage of, of the games where maybe enterprise rent a car was okay with doing a sponsored ad with me. Right. And, yeah. and not, not in paying me though, but when I'm done, I could say, look, I might not be the number one candidate on your list to hire, but I represented you for five years in the public, in the community. Why don't you give me an interview? At least put me in the top of the queue and give me a chance. And Gosh, if we could yeah. just do that for everybody, yeah, that would be a profound thing. Remember, there's 450 student athletes in West Virginia, but there's probably 12,000 across the country. Right. That is a big deal. And these people have lots of community and leadership experience, but not necessarily some of the same opportunities off the field as, as regular student athletes get. I, I know there's a you know, people have different views on that, but I, I think that that if we could just accomplish that, it would be huge. And I think Najee's perspective, um, not only playing for the three coaches, but really when social media coming into the national forefront, he, he's been a part of it, not only in college and the NFL. Yeah, Najee, what's your experience, man? I mean, walk us through how you even kind of got interested in this whole realm and, you know, what kind of motivates you to, you know, work on this? Yeah, um, you know, I same cut from the same cloth when you talk about the NCAA ruling, NCAA ruling and like paying players. But um, I kind of got to go to West Virginia when we were like, you know, in our, at our golden period with the mm-hmm. old Pat White. You know, I literally won every ball game that I was in. So the most <laughs> crazy shit to say. So like, <laughs> I mean, I love it. Uh, like when we were there, I mean, just to see like Grant and J.O. remember the fans rocking the buses and coming out of the woodworks. I mean, I played on college game day. Um, you know, watch my quarterback line up under a different offensive lineman to take a snap with 110,000 fans there. So the amount of money that you can imagine generated around 110,000 fan game is like stupid, stupid money. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just like, and to know that, like, you know, 
for us, the glory was all in the battle. Like for me, it was all in the battle and, and the recognition that my teammates and brothers and, right. and, you know, knowing that there's so much more opportunity that, you know, businesses relish in that same type of player, that leader that's on the field and off the field. You know, when I was playing, you just, you knew that that came to generate money. And then the scholarship amount of money was increasing. Like, you know, so my, from my freshman year, my senior year, you know, we went from getting anywhere from four to $500, like six or six to 800 bucks. So, yeah. so you know, we kind of, we understood that like in Morgantown, that was like gold. Like I was hitting the lottery. Every month. <laughs> I, yeah, I could live years for that $800. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, you know, just seeing that and knowing the opportunity now, like, like JL said, I was able to, um, I still finished my senior year when Instagram was just like blowing up. So I remember creating the Instagram. I was downtown on high street, right yeah. at lizard. And I created an IG account because MySpace had faded. And obviously everybody was on Facebook and I was right. just trying to be one of the dudes, not trying to get caught up with chicks. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so I created an IG so I could see what everybody else doing, but you know, not get caught up. And then next thing you know, my, my rookie year in the um, NFL, I remember my brother literally calling me. I got drafted, had a big party. My brother called me. He was like, yo, you need to go on Twitter. Like you got people like Lil Wayne that's on Twitter and, you know, Nicki Minaj and like, you know, the, the early 2010s, like all mm -hmm. the stars. And next thing you know, you see athletes getting paid on it. So like watching that increase in revenue and data and, and watching these companies jump from literally 2014, 15 to 2016, 17 and, and watching guys get paid. I was actually able to do a um, social media post for Tostitos, you know, and they paid me. And it was ridiculous to see that for me, at least it was like, it was like, wow, you know, my influence actually means something. I can get paid for this. Right. And, I'm just now removed from, you know, from college and I'm doing the exact same thing that I was doing in the NFL. Yeah, Damn, that's crazy. Man. It's cool that you grew up in like the because I kind of feel like that CJ and I and I'm 27. So like we grew up like when social like MySpace, like right on like the top of the wave. I don't think we were like obsessed with it, but we were young enough to be like, oh, it's the new thing. Like, let's get on it. My, my, yeah. <laughs> like perfect song music oh yeah you had yeah. the fallen shit coming down on my face screen of course of course we all had that um but no but like you got an understanding of it because you like literally lived it and experienced it and now that you know now you're able to you know mentor and help you know students with it but jonathan your point i want to touch back on your point was that you know, I don't know, what are the statistics? How many few people actually make it pro? Very, very few, right? Single digit percentage. Point zero 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 three. Stupid yeah. low percentage. <laughs> but like you but like you said, memorized, yeah. <laughs> but like you said, tremendous amount of like leadership and development and influence that these student athletes can capture while they're there but it's like how do they package that present that use that leverage that for the rest of their lives mm -hmm. while they're at school because the reality is that most of them are not going pro so this window of time between freshman and senior year is a, a economic opportunity for their life to lay the foundation for maybe a 20-30 year career profiting off mm -hmm. their likeness because they've built such a following um, but it almost acts as like a digital new world age resume versus like a piece of paper that says I, I have a degree in philosophy versus like no like this is what I did I performed for four years I did an incredible thing here's my digital resume if you will and then now I'm gonna like structure my life if they want to if they choose to right um to be able to make money from it so like that to me well that's like low-key like super I guess it's not low-key I'm sure this is what exactly what you guys are thinking about but like man that is precisely what I think was missing from like the infrastructure 
in the environment. You guys are like, you guys built a highway for that, for that world to exist. And to me, that's just incredible. Thank you. I, we, we worked, it was really hard <laughs> and it's yeah. still hard, but um, we're learning a lot every day. But I, I think to even build on what you just said, you know, this is a new landscape. Everyone's kind of figuring out. And one thing that we're known for is pushing the envelope and maybe some of the newest rules that will be out in six months or a year won't reflect some of our yeah. ideas, yep. but, um, but we're trying to push to make sure it's better for the players because one of the things that everybody kind of agrees upon, even, even in the state of West Virginia is like, we know when the football team wins, when Najee won the orange bowl enrollment goes up, right? right. When enrollment goes up, more companies come, more kids get hired, more kids get hired, more kids stay in the state, more right. kids pay taxes. West Virginia does better. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's a that's but, a crazy correlation there when you break true. it down like that. Yeah. But it's true. And I think the spend for the school is about a billion dollars a year to operate. And I think football or athletics brings in about 329 million of that in revenue. So that and that's just football, not everybody else. So or I think those statistics are are close to what they are. Um so the 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 opposite is also true, right? Because now student athletes can transfer with the portal in year mm-hmm. one, right? So if you can't get good players because there's better opportunities somewhere else, if you can't keep them around because they can leave now, it's basically free agency and you can't win. That means you can't have the best coaches. That means yeah. you, you don't yeah. have the right philosophy and the players to execute that philosophy, you know, it works the other way, meaning less sponsors come in, less, right, less people dollars. get hired, enrollment goes down, taxes go down. And so, so we really, we, we think we're not, we're, we really want to see the state become to realize its uh, potential because we think it's a beautiful place, beautiful, hardworking people. They're tough and they really, really care. And so building upon that base premise, you know, a lot of the players get hurt when they're done. So not right. only just a digital resume as a place to get interviews, but how about maybe there's a healthcare bank or something that we can do something innovative for to help players you know, because you don't just play for four years and then go have a 30 year career. You're, you're also hurt for 30 years. Yeah. Right. And this isn't a sad story. It's an opportunity, right? Because right. yeah, there's companies yeah. that want to be represented by these players. So we think some of these opportunities have a really long tail, meaning the financial impact is massive. It's not just a, you know, a small deal with tutors. It's like, Hey, these people are going to some 5% of these guys are going to get a shot in the NFL and, and maybe 10%, of the girls are going to be CEOs, right? Right. Of fortune 500 companies and the opportunity to bring them financial services firms to give them a little bit now to maybe handle their account for 50 years or their insurance or their healthcare or their dietary needs. You know, these opportunities are massive. And so that's why we're so excited because we think if we can rally everybody right now in year one, we can profoundly change the trajectory of, of what's going to happen for the next 10 years. But we think if we're unsuccessful, we think we'll be having the same conversation in three or four years and it'll cost a hundred times more to get to where we want to be. Right. Cause the market's new. Yeah. And I think these are the stories that people need to hear about NIL and, and how this really impacts a student athlete. I think too often the headline is, you know, Alabama quarterback signs million dollar deal for NIL. Just the other one, I think Quinn Ewers Mm -hmm. from uh, Ohio state just signed a $1.4 million deal. So uh, one, I think that's the wrong 
way to tell this NIL story because you got to really get down into the roots and tell, hey, this might be the difference between somebody getting a job after school or, you know, having groceries in the fridge. I mean, that that is the true. That's right. the story that I think needs to be told or. OK, but on the other side, does that guy does that kind of make you guys jealous? I mean, guys, these this <laughs> just signed a million dollar deal at Ohio State. He hasn't even played yet. That's great for recruiting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, God damn it. I wish I had a million dollars. Well, it's like, who knows? Who knows <laughs> what's actually involved in that? Right. Yeah, exactly. Details of it aren't really ever, ever declared because True. those guys haven't even played a snap. Yeah. So. And I think, yeah, the person to ask you about that is Grant, right? His jersey was the number one selling jersey in the state for five years. I mean, Grant would probably be uh, being carried around right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, TJ, I wanted to say just – and, I, and I'll, I'll stop talking. I just want to answer something to what you said. We think, we think the opportunity um, isn't just – we think the way you're thinking about telling the NIL story is correct. But we think it's even bigger than what you're saying because, you know, I, last year was tough for everybody around the country, right? COVID, everything was shut down. People were rioting, right? Because there was lots of things that needed to be rectified that still need to be rectified, depending. Yeah. It doesn't even matter what side you're on. People are unhappy, right? Yeah. And so we think kind of the bigger story is like, okay, say we want to make changes collectively together. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Well, in West Virginia, we had we had the pleasure when we saw um, we were at the football stadium and Gordon Gee came in, he got to talk to the guys. And, and one thing that stuck with me, he said, listen, there's a hundred of you in this room. There's 450 student athletes. There's 30,000 plus at the school. The way to influence the 30,000 is through the 450 and probably wow. through the hundred. Right. And he said, don't you for a second think that you don't represent the 1.8 million people in West Virginia and the 200,000 active alumni around the country and yeah. he said don't you think for a second it stops there he had someone in the middle east that gets up to watch the games at two o'clock in the morning dude it's right. so real or, uh, dude, that gave me that gave now. me yeah that gave me goosebumps man that's, yeah, that's man. so right. true and you yeah. think about how do you affect you know the seven billion people around the globe well, maybe by helping this one person in west virginia your sponsor yeah. right because there's 300 colleges at least, right, that have sports programs. And if these are, this is the next generation of leadership for the country. And yeah. if 500 bucks, a thousand makes it, it doesn't have to be a million dollar deal. Like we want right. to really affect it. You because know, the other thing, like Grant mentioned before, is more than half, it's, you know, with Title IX, 50% are women. Yeah. But I think 53 of the 85 scholarships are minorities in West Virginia, or at least on, on, uh, on Pell Grants. Mm hmm. Or something like that. I don't know the exact statistics. And so if you think about the rest of the students, I think it's somewhere between 30 and 50. Um, So these are the people that need the help, and they're also the people that have the highest ceiling. Well, and man, for like the ripple effect of like what you said. So not only those, those specific athletes, but like, especially for, you know, this podcast, we talk about West Virginia stories, like our state is, we live and die Mountaineer, Mountaineer athletics, right? Because we don't have Mm -hmm. pro teams. There's no, there's no professional major team here. So, you know, West Virginia university sports influences state and are a clear major component of the economy, but all the ripple effects of what this could do for the state. I don't know if uh, you could think of another state that it would affect more directly directly the business inflow the people because we're small enough to be like 
we can almost all feel like we know each other and oh, I know this person, that person. So it's like, it's small enough to like have a huge like playground work of business, but it's like, it's at a scale, like, holy shit, like this could affect like hundreds of thousands of people and really change the economic base of the state and kind of pull West Virginia into, you know, the, something that's more modern 21st century web point, you know, web point three oh. We, we, like, that's why we're stuff. here. Like, we, we think yeah. West Virginia can be the leader of this movement for the country. Yeah. And that is revolution. Yeah. And I, yeah. I believe too, or we believe, you know, just in these few opportunities that we've, we've executed on the past couple of weeks, it's not just about the student athletes because we're building a pipeline with the intellectual property MBAs at the university, yep. uh, young burgeoning filmmakers that <laughs> want to get New York city experience that we're able to help bring to them because of our, our experience in New York city and filmmaking and producing. Mm -hmm. And so it's been fun, not only to work with the student athletes, but some of these, these young students that are really hungry and have a great eye and have a great skill set that we can also include in our shoots, you know, Pikewood creative on, on Spruce street and and Tony Creedy and Dan Lohman were great help. Um, Anthony Sparks, uh, we're looking to do some things with Darko Velichkovsky and the music school of business. So it's Say not that three times fast. Yeah. Darko Velichkovsky, Darko Velichkovsky, Darko Velichkovsky. <laughs> All right. Hey, boom. Wow. Boom. Yeah. Oh, that's why he's number one right there. <laughs> so, there. It's not just about student athletes. It's about the entire population. It's about the state. Uh, we have some, some great relationships. We look forward to continuing to bring into the fold with Vantage Ventures and Sarah Biller and John Chambers and Brad Smith's initiative. Yep. And we're just excited about, let me, okay, let me, let me pause it. I was driving to get coffee at almost heaven the other day and the traffic was stopped ahead of me. And I was like, what's going on? This lit lady was yelling out her window. She's like, stop, stop, stop. Guy in a wheelchair, guy in a wheelchair. And so I pulled up and there was two guys that got out of her car to help push this man who otherwise couldn't get up the hill on his wheelchair to get up the rest of the hill. That was actually uh, the road that leads out to uh, Tudor's Biscuits. So, you know, that slope, yeah. it's like he would have been there for three hours trying to get up the hill. And so witnessing that, I was like, wow, I was like, this is, we don't have to try to be a community. People are already communal and supporting one another. So that was just a moment that kind of blew my eyes open even bigger about how, okay, we're here mm-hmm. and we're, we're really able to do this together. All right, folks, listen up. If you don't have a job and you're thinking, ah, oh, geez, I don't even know where to start. Here is what you got to do. You got to go to beamountaineer.com. Let me say that again one more time, a little bit slower so you jot it down. B-B-E-A mountaineer.com. Beamountaineer.com is where you will find the Mountaineer Employment Solutions team, right? These folks are basically cutting edge talent acquisition powerhouse of a company that's connecting folks that need a job with high quality companies. Connect with them and you will no doubt have a couple different options for interviews in places to work within West Virginia. And if you're listening to this, you're like, well, you know, I don't need a job. I actually own my own business, but I actually have a problem because I can't maintain a quality hiring process. Well, wait one second. 
If you go to beamountaineer.com and that same team over there at Mountaineer Employment Solutions, they work with small business owners. They do the HR stuff, the payroll stuff, the hiring, all that stuff that's a headache that you have to focus on your business and you're trying to do that at the same time. Let them do it. They work with dozens of small businesses to hire high quality workforce. So we're talking if you need 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 employees, reach out to them, develop a relationship, and you will have a, a great experience. We can guarantee that because they are incredible people. We had them on the podcast. Bill Carter, great individual, is an entrepreneur, cares about the state, and uh, he's running a good team over there. So go to beamountaineer.com, get yourself a job, or get yourself connected with future employees. And last but not least, my favorite seasoning to use on chicken, beef, pork, vegetables. You know what it is. It's Ray's Rub. Ray's Rub is a West Virginia original recipe seasoning blend that is being built and grown by our good friend Brody. He's carrying on the legacy of his father that started this decades ago from a family recipe. It's so good. You can find it in a couple different places, folks. We've got some exciting news actually, but you can go to Amazon and get it right there, buy it, ship the bottle, right to your house, boom, next day. Or go to raiserub.com and use code Mountaineer10 and you'll save 10%. So let me say it one more time, raiserub.com, super simple, raiserub.com. Go there, order some Raiserub, again, a West Virginia delicious original recipe seasoning and type in Mountaineer1010 and you'll save 10%, boom. It's great stuff. You can put it on anything. You will be the guy or gal at the cookout that's crushing it with a West Virginia small business. And it's just delicious stuff. So thank you guys so much for supporting our sponsors. And really partnership is how we see it here at Mountaineer Media. So thank you so much. Let's finish out this episode right now. Well, I think what you guys are doing with VPO could help change not just student athletes in West Virginia University, but definitely the state of West Virginia as well. So that's awesome. But we would be remiss if we didn't ask a couple of West Virginia guys about West Virginia football and have some good questions for you guys lined up here. Um, so we've got I've got three individual questions for you guys that I've just been kind of pondering about. Najee, let's start with you, because not only did you play under three coaches, which is ridiculous when you kind of think about it rich bill Stu, and then uh you know dana but i want to ask you uh you're the first uh, super bowl champion that we've had on the podcast so how cool yeah how cool was that and oh yeah and not only were you on that but uh, a marshall guy Vinny curry played on your team and yeah. won that so how cool you know what kind of relationship do you have with Vinny? rick and flair yeah, <laughs> yeah the rick <laughs> flair of the nfl and uh you know, can you kind of walk it? Can you even put into words what, what that means? You won four, you won four bowl games at West Virginia, and then you you won the biggest bowl of them all in the Super Bowl. So that's that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, man, it's um it's kind of hard actually to put into words. Like what I will say is for anybody who's a football fan, the NFL, the Super Bowl is something that the NFL does one thousand percent right. Yeah, um, <laughs> they get that right though. The, yeah shitty city as far as the weather like minnesota is beautiful lakes you know change the seasons to get cold as shit but i mean it was uh it was beautiful man i mean from the lights the cameras the musicians the artists the entertainment side is a side that you will see where millions and millions of dollars of it are invested to return billions and like that perspective and just coming back to any sport and any entertainment field is like you know I mean, it was like we ran out that tunnel, man, and my 
my past felt like fucking armor and my blood felt like ice and I could do anything. <laughs> you really want to And you beat the Patriots, man. Yeah, that, man. That really just seals the deal right there. That was <laughs> arguably the greatest Super Bowl entrance in the history of Super Bowls yeah, when the Eagles yeah. came out. Yeah. And the game was so fast. I mean, like, college is one thing, man. Granted, I mean, my first play literally in full pass, Steve Slayton cut, got us cussed out. He had an 80-yard touchdown run on it. <laughs> Steve Slayton running down the field. <laughs> but, like, in the NFL, man, I mean, you got – like, I played with a guy by the name of Fletcher Cox who was 335 pounds. He ran a 4'7", 4'8". Um, you know, yeah. so spray yeah. with defensive ends like, um, you know – Connor and on that Super Bowl team alone, our defensive line was Brandon Graham, a good friend of mine. Then he went to Michigan. I mean, dude is like a bear. Uh, Benny, like you said, Benny is 280 pounds. You know, he run a four six four seven, and um, it's it's a certain type of speed in the preseason, and then you get to the regular season. And we was talking about this the other day. It's like you know, you you driving down uh, the school school lane where it's 25 miles an hour for preseason, trying to get the bearings right so you can go fast, and then. Yeah. To the regular season, it's like getting on a highway. Like, yeah. There's no in between. There is yeah. no like, oh, let's go to the 35, 45. It's like, no, you go fuck it, 25 to 60. And then <laughs> when you get it to the Super Bowl or the playoffs, it's like getting on the Autobahn. And <laughs> no speed limit, just no as fast speed. as you can, man. Fastest team win, man. And playing Tom Brady and, you know, like Edelman and all of them cats, man, and just running on that field. When they scored it, the lights got shimmery red and blue. And when we scored, they were green and silver, man. That's I mean, it, cool, was, man. it was an unbelievable experience, man. And Bruce, you know, Bruce got the experience the same thing, but yep. to win the Super Bowl for the first time in Philadelphia, I mean, it was four million people at the parade. I got mm-hmm. six or seven Bud Light cans thrown at me. <laughs> they should have filmed the Bud Light commercial alone from my Super Bowl parade. Did you catch them? Were you nabbing them like that? <laughs> oh, <or> man, <laughs> what? The most, the most spectacular thing was seeing Doug Peterson jump up and do an MJ pose and just catch it. The <laughs> <laughs> question is, did you drink them? How many did you drink? That you- oh, Were they man. cold? Were they cold? <laughs> I don't really remember the parade. I just remember that. Sounds like he, a, he caught them all. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nah, nah, did you and Vinny talk much trash to each other about West Virginia? Oh, Marshall? man. That, that's question. another thing. Yeah, we always did. Just because um, I don't know if you guys remember 2000 and um, – 2011, we played Marshall's last game. We took yeah. down, down by like two touchdowns and we came back and beat him. I ended up having to tackle him overtime to like kick him out of field goal range. They ended up setting up a missed field goal and we ended up winning. And, uh, you know, Vinny immediately, he always, as soon as we talk about Marshall in West Virginia, he goes straight back to Randy Moss days. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's all, that's all Marshall fame. That's all they get. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, not true. Yeah. That ain't true. We, we used to go at it, man. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of it, that and alone it shows you like the brotherhood of West Virginia because we are we're still great friends to this day. Yeah, and, um, there's a, there's just a lot of a lot of uh, you know good things that came out of that man. Obviously, winning the Super Bowl is immaculate. So yeah, CJ, cool, I'll, I'll, I'll let you ask you I'll let you ask Grant and Jonathan the other questions, but one follow up, Najee, is is that the the maybe the biggest difference? I've always heard the NFL it's just unbelievably like quick, like standing on, especially like I've been on the sidelines of like an NFL game, and it, it's even. 10 times more quick that like you're watching on TV kind of like almost just looks like, okay, you know, you, you can tell it's a little bit better than college or whatever the skill level. But then when you're like side by side, that horse, the looking across the field, you're like, Holy shit, this game, it looks like car crashes every single play. Is that like what was most like shocking that every single position and player was just like a step and a half quicker than you've ever experienced before in college? Yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the first 
sport just first time that you go from like seeing somebody who tries and thinks about it to when you're in the grant knows because he was that type of player when you're in that symbiotic state of just the flow of the game mm-hmm. there's some I mean I don't know how to say it. We, we can hit each other and there's no other profession where you can literally hit the person you don't like as if it was crazy. Yeah. But you know, you see guys that you, you can hit as hard as you want to and, and literally absolutely nothing happens to them. Like one of my one of our great don't friends, get arrested. Fester, uh, this <laughs> dude is uh he's an unstoppable force, and his unstoppable force is coming across immovable objects every single snap. And uh Mm-hmm. You know, the person who slows down loses. So that, that I always say the biggest difference is like, you know, when you're going to, when you're in college, man, you're learning your body. You're still 19, 20, 21 years old. Right. So you're still learning how, how flexible you are, how strong you are, certain things and the confidence is different. But, you know, I played until I was 30 years old. And when I used to see rookies get on the field and the fact that I'm strong is one thing, but in my mind, I'm literally punching them through their chest and they right. score. Yeah. That's, that's scary. <laughs> yeah. 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 They, they, they come with a mindset or a mentality of like you know they got to get used to the game, but that um that doesn't matter. You get you get thrown in the wolves and you gotta yeah. You gotta if you stay. tackled me, man, it would probably kill me. It would kill like an average that, person, like cr- CJ and I. It would literally probably, probably kill us. <laughs> like, kill like, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, would, I would I would I would stiff arm. all right grant well kind of speaking of of you and your playing days man we just saw major harris and daryl tally get their numbers retired when when is number six going up and and gonna start hanging down as as a retirement wow i've never even thought of it because of of west virginia's retirement you know uh the rules are very strict but yeah, you, were, very strict, you, yeah. you were one of the guys that meet that criteria consensus all-american and that gets you in you graduated from wvu undergrad degree uh you played all four years or i forget all of the rules but one of them is you got to be either a two-time first team all-american or a consensus all-american you meet that requirement is there any has there ever been any discussion about that have they reached out to you especially now that major and daryl are, are going to get their numbers retired um, you're you're really the first person to ask me. I, I saw that too, and congratulations to Major and Daryl, both well deserving. Um, I don't I don't really care. I mean, I, I I love what I did, but I also think to myself, I was like, I'd love to see somebody else wear number six. Mm-hmm. So to take it off the shelf, I'm, or or off the players' yeah. opportunity, yeah. I think it's such a fun note because for me, um, how I got the number was um it was just one of those i always wanted to be a single digit linebacker so when i remember brandon goins was a running back who transferred to jmu and we had just come out of spring ball and that was when the numbers uh the available number numbers became available that in the past year weren't and coach dunlap gave me 56 because he wanted me to wear (laughs) his old number uh and then and then I remember he said, there's nine, there's 11, there's six. Uh, and my eyes lit up. I was like, S- I want six. Uh, and there's some reasons behind that. That's a whole other discussion uh, that I learned later. But uh, I, I would love to see people to be able to wear it. So, yeah. well, then but I, but I'd, also, I'd also be honored if <laughs> yeah, they wanted to yeah. retire it. I'd be honored <laughs> with it as well. But I just think there's so few numbers mm-hmm. that are actually available. 
um, that it, it's fun. Like Garrett Green, uh, when we were at the, we had the meeting with the team, he walked up to me. He was like, you were number six. I was like, yeah, he's like me too. And we just <laughs> laughed about it. Uh, and, and so I think that's cool. If they want to retire, it's entirely up to them. I'd accept it. Um, I'm actually getting my number 22 retired this fall in, uh, at Perky Oman Valley high school where I went That's to school cool, yeah. and they haven't, they haven't let anybody wear 22 since I, since I left. Um, and so now they're finally officially retiring 22, uh, which will be fun. But again, it's like, I never, I, I understand what it means. Uh, and mm-hmm. it would mean I would be honored for it, but I also love the idea that somebody else coming along and ripping apart all my records and 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 or wearing six in whichever way that they they want to to have their own career yeah that would be cool yeah my high school just told me i'm getting my number retired to at bishop sycamore number seven congratulations uh, so no yeah. Uh, no yeah right <laughs> please i was gonna say jesus no that bishop sycamore story is one of the wildest high school football stories i've ever ever heard um so well john we'll wrap it up with you too man um so you played um it at the end of one of the most spectacular eras of West Virginia football your final season was the Don Nealon last year mm-hmm. the goodbye season was that kind of the beginning of what West Virginia football is now what Don Nealon was there 20 20 years and really reshaped what West Virginia was and you to be a starter on that team and and have a relationship with maybe the the father of what West Virginia football really is the today. Don. I mean, he's the Don. Exactly. So he is. what, what was that like in that last hurrah season, that final season? And, you know, how did that maybe, what did you learn from Don that maybe you took away to, you know, use for the rest of your life? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. There, there's a couple things. One, most of the time when I was there, I was like, I don't get it. What does this guy do? Like everybody <laughs> else, is, like, you know, cause I just walk around like, you know, I'm warming up and we kick for five minutes and yeah, I just, I just naive and didn't understand anything. And as I went from being a freshman to a senior, I started to realize that he's, you know, basically a CEO of the state Yeah, and he, his platform that he created is just it's not only welcoming, but he's protecting and facilitating and giving everything he has to grow people and to be their best, not just on the field, but his staff and and the community. And so I learned a ton by watching him. Um, The second thing I learned is, you know, he said he, he was a football player, but he was older when he was coaching us right, right before he retired, but he used to stand up in front of the entire team and basically challenge them us to fight him. And we were like, oh, my God, what is like the head coach? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I used to laugh back then, but then I would look around the room and you ton, like a ton of guys like Najee and Grant who are much bigger than me, and nobody stood up. And I always was like, whoa, <laughs> there's something else here that I need to understand, <laughs> yeah. right? There's like yeah. Yeah. There's some strength here that, that, that I don't recognize yet. And so I, I, I learned that from And then the last thing that meant a lot to me personally was that, um, I was a walk-on. I didn't earn a scholarship until my last year. And, you know, there's a lot of, everybody's important, but kickers are usually off to the side, right? <laughs> like, they, you know, they're not usually, unless you're Pat McAfee, you're not uh, the main attraction. But he wrote me a note after I graduated. I think I got it maybe like two or three months after I left school. And it was just really nice. It was like, you know, always had an eye on you. We've been watching you closely. And like, 
a personal thing and wishing you the best in life and that we we still believe this and and i think the thing that's powerful is there isn't there isn't a better gift that anyone could give a person than to believe in them mm. and i think he did that for 40 years for student athletes and communities wow. right and states yeah. and that, that i yeah. think to me that should be at least that's his legacy to me mm-hmm. so yeah. That's, yeah. that's simply amazing. That's powerful. When what it, a special thing to yeah. have, too. And he's still a good friend to today. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. the best. Like he remembers my parents' names. He remembers. Yeah. It's it's remarkable. Thousands of people have come through the program, or at least hundreds, and he's still mm-hmm. sharp like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Grant, your first season was with Don, right? You yeah. played. You guys played Coach together. Coach Nealon yeah. and yeah. Coach Kerlav recruited me, and then yep. I was – the first year of coach Rodriguez as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. And I love that they still to this day, I mean, they, they shepherd him around. Like he is still the Holy of Holy in West Virginia football. Mm-hmm. Um, Don Corleone. Don. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's great, man. So it, it, we know. were, we were laughing going to the stadium uh, maybe last week and we're like, wow, to be alive and have the, literally the road to the stadium named after you. Like, <laughs> yeah, drive. Like, not bad, yeah, man. That yeah. like, you know, <laughs> not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like take a left said, on Grant Wiley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot, man. Well, like you said, Don Nealon helped shape lives. I think you guys are doing the same with VPO. I think you guys are going to help shape a lot of student athletes' lives going forward. And hey, man, like you said, maybe there's the, the bigger picture. Maybe you can help change millions of lives mm-hmm. within you know the state of West Virginia as well. So, guys, you guys are doing some awesome stuff. Thank you for taking an hour to sit down and talk with us, man. We loved every second of it. Hope you guys enjoyed it too. And uh, go Mountaineers, eat Maryland. Thank you. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this episode. Grant, Najee, and Jonathan, thank you guys for hopping on. 60 minutes, man, that's one of the longer conversations that we've had, and we really enjoyed every second of it. Hopefully, you guys did as well. So thank you again, and best of luck, man. We're rooting for you three and the future of VPO. Nothing but success is coming your all's way. We can already tell. So good luck. Congrats on the success so far, but certainly good luck heading into the future. All right, everybody else that's still listening, we will be back next week. We'll still be talking a little West Virginia athletics, a little teaser for you guys, a little teaser. This guy may or may not have won 900 college basketball games. You got a guess? Any idea? Any guess whatsoever? Well, We're not going to tell you quite yet who it is, but if you think you know, if you got enough information there, hit us up. Drop us a line on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Shoot us an email, anything. Tell us who you think this next guest is going to be. We'll shoot you a free shirt or something. So hit us up anywhere on all social media platforms. TikTok if you want. Doesn't matter. We're all over the place. So let us know who you think the next guest is going to be after what I just said. So Um, Anyway, thank you guys for listening. As always, we'll be back next week with another edition of the Mountaineer Media Podcast. (music) 